When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a special bonus episode, everyone. This is the second episode of Undying Bonds, our game design series that is available to patrons. Each month we release a new episode covering our journey to design the perfect necromancer slash magical girl RPG. Mm-hmm. We released episode one to the public feed last month. Um, so if you missed that, you can go back in your feed and find it. Um, you can get access to the rest of the episodes and eventually get a copy of the playtest materials by becoming a $5 a month or more patron. Uh, before we get to the show, though, here's what you can expect at the end of the episode. Absolutely. Uh, stick around after the episode for another Patreon Drive update. Uh, we have one new patron to thank this time around, uh, and we will also talk about things you can look forward to if we reach our goals by the end of this month. We also have the usual other episode closer stuff too, but for now, enjoy another preview of Undying Bonds. Welcome to episode two of Undying Bonds, a game design collaboration between me and Ryan. Yeah. Me being Amelia, in case you haven't heard of me. Uh-huh. I don't know why you're a patron. Especially uh, at this level, uh, but thank you. Yeah, seriously. Uh-huh. Thank you. No, absolutely. Uh, Undying Bonds, our, our Magical Girl Necromancer mashup game uh, that is uh, going to be super hardcore and fun. Uh, I'm imagining. Uh, right now, it's just an idea. If you listen to episode one, we we got some good um, ideas out of that. It was mostly me telling Ryan that I didn't like his ideas. No, it was you pulling <laughs> me back from the brink of uh, uh, what they call like bloat, I mm-hmm. guess, in uh, software development. Uh, stuff that just really didn't need to have exactly but to be fair uh i I had originally just worked on throwing stuff on there uh without any thought of is this feasible or not right Mm -hmm. yeah and i think we had a couple discussions too of like cool idea but at the table yeah yeah yeah. so i i did uh go through the nova uh book as Mm -hmm. well as the uh the lumen uh, like SRD, mm-hmm. right? And the system itself is a lot more simple than I remember it. Yes, that was what I was thinking. Okay, so actually, before we start, the things that we had outlined kind of last time we needed to, you know, read the Nova book, we wanted to yeah. talk about finding rules for the mundane stuff. Mm-hmm. And our goal this time was to work on character creation. Yeah. However, however, 
we obviously have had a little back and forth. We have a channel um, in our Discord, mm-hmm. like a, a private hosts ch- only channel, uh-huh. um, where we've kind of just been like jotting down things that we thought of over the course of the like what two three weeks or whatever yeah. since we last recorded. We are both very prone to forgetting things. Uh, we are. If we, we don't, are. Write we them have down. several channels that are like. Here's a thought. Let me just write this here so yep. I don't forget. Because we know um, ourselves and we know right. each other. Um, I think after having some of those little discussions, which we will we'll kind of cover here, the things yep. that we thought of in between, I don't think we're ready for character creation. Correct. I don't think so either. Um, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, technically, the the base outline that we have for character creation is is really all you need uh, to to know for now. Uh, mm-hmm. of what we're and, and like uh character creation in in lumen or uh nova especially or if you're looking at a specific loop power or illuminated by lumen game um mm-hmm. it's very simple it's quick it's yeah. uh pick these numbers uh pick these powers grab a couple things good to go right yeah. uh, on top of that we we've got you know like how did you get your powers blah 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 you know those sort mm-hmm. of things we have to come up with later that's fine that's just flavor well and we we had talked about that we kind of want to leave the like to just write the questions and yeah. that can be decided at your table because i don't want to right yeah we want we lore. we don't want to have the lore be like all of the characters that you play get their powers from the celestial orb that landed on the planet 14 right. years ago yeah. It's like, no, we don't want that. We want you to have your own world, have your own lore that you can play off of. And you get to decide all of that fun stuff at the table, right? Because mm-hmm. we love our collaborative world building. We do. We do. Yeah. So, so that's stuff that we can handle once we start getting into the weeds of how do we want people to be able to create their worlds? How do we want people to define the flavor of their characters? that sort of stuff but there's a lot of things that we're kind of like put on the table between us in this channel of uh things to kind of discuss and hash out and uh fix because yeah one of the things Things that that like we said in that recording too that like after a little more thought it was like "Mm, it needs to be tweaked or changed or Um, and i think one of the biggest observations and i noticed this as well was um it's heavily magical girl, not so much necromancer. Right. right? And, and that was an important thing to me that I mentioned last time was yeah. that I don't want it to just be we all wear black and now it's necromancer. Yeah. Here's a magical you know? girl game. Uh, oh, and they happen and their powers look like necromancer powers. Right. You know, no, we want we want the like backbone of this game to be a fusion. Mm-hmm. Right. Um obviously the 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 transforming between mundane and magical is like the big trope of magical girl stuff that might not be avoidable but we need to pile on the the necromancer stuff in a way that it fuses together nicely um and i think we can do that um it'll just take some some noodling a little bit yeah so i i think i want to start um, just to kind of give this episode a little structure and to kind of yeah. give us a little structure here on like how and what to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think 
we should just outline what are the things that we came up with, you know, because like I know I put mine in like point one, two, three, four, whatever. Um, The things that we came up with that we we kind of want to fix or change or. Yeah. Um, So do you mind if I start with mine? Go for it. Okay. Let me get to our discord. Uh, Okay. So (laughs) listening to the episode, Amelia's notes of things not to forget that we can discuss on mic. Number one, we had made a list of stats, or I guess you had some that were kind of. um, Yep. The precursor stats for a pure magical girl game. Yes. Um, yes. You had love, justice, and passion. Yep. And I said, that's some magical girl stuff right there. It is. Especially when you combine them together. Exactly. Um, <laughs> passion was the only one that I was like, okay, I could, that could lean toward necromancy, but, you know, like love and justice, especially. Like there's a magical girl game called love, love and, and justice. justice. And that's exactly why I chose those names. Right. right. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. Um, so I proposed changing the name of that one to righteousness. Right. Because I think it, it's like the stat can do the same thing if you wanted yep. to. You had it tied to powerful, destructive, unyielding. Um, and to me, like justice feels like sort of a set of core beliefs, yep. you know, um, and like a, a sense of right and wrong. Mm-hmm. And I feel like righteousness has the potential to kind of evoke some of those same feelings, but is just a little less goody two shoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it exactly. has a little like it feels like a little more morally gray, um, just in connotation, really. Yeah. It's like, again, mechanically, it can do the same thing if we want. I just think it is a more evocative word. Exactly. And if and if 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 cool. th- we find a better word along the way, that's perfectly fine, too. Yeah. But I, I totally agree. Um, uh, changing justice to righteousness feels right. Um, mm-hmm. So might as well. Uh, and I, I did like that. Uh, and it 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 makes the blend of the three uh, stats more ubiquitous. Right. Yeah. Well, because I think like passion, especially something that's it's very obvious in both genres. Yes. You know, like in that dark fantasy and in that magical girl world, mm-hmm. passion is something that is going to come up. Yeah. Um, love is, you know, it's it's kind of there in both, but it's definitely more of a trope of magical girls. Yes. Um, and then righteousness, I think, uh, is a little more necromancy. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it can still have to do with justice. Yeah. Um, but it is a little more... It's like, it just feels a little darker, Mm -hmm. you know? Exactly. And I like that. Um, Yeah. So again, that one was like just a sort of thematic change. Yeah. Um, My other, like my second point is also kind of a little more of a thematic aesthetic change request. I guess I shouldn't say change because we can, you know, take it or leave it. Yep. Um, We had talked about using power crystals for mods for things. Um, I suggested changing it to relics. Relics. Um, and I said the relics could still just be crystals. Like yep. crystals can be the relics if we want. Yes. Uh, but I like the idea that maybe there are other things 
I, I do too. You know, and and I, also I like that it ties a little bit to the past yes, and to death it. that these yep. are potentially inherited. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and again, crystals just feels very magical girl to it me. It really does. Exactly. And the word relic feels darker. It does. And I agree with you a hundred percent. Like I want I want to bake in as much of the themes of death into this game mm-hmm. as we can. Because that's that's necromancers, like right. death and undeath, and uh, mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. And so, like, and I think there's nothing about relics that you know, sort of like Nintes, like leaves out magical girls. Like, there's right. no reason that your wand or crown or whatever can't be a relic. Uh-huh. Exactly. Um, but again, yeah, it ties it a little more to to death and the past yep. gives it historical um, gravitas which is in always a way that interesting. crystals yeah n- don't crystals was always kind of generic um i di- i was like not caring at all about like what form of these things were mm-hmm. um but now that you've said relics i'm like now i care that it's relics i it, yeah it does it makes sense to not be anything else right yeah so that was number two. Yes. The number three I had. This was a sticking point that we talked a bunch about. Um, yes. You know, about like what happens when you have that like supernova yeah. ability or whatever we you know, decide to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, you had said sort of like the the idea of this quote unquote story for you was that... These all these previous generations of magical girls had tried this, they'd failed. Now we're going to win. Yeah. Um, and we talked about like gaining their powers and gaining their memories and all that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. you know, pulling things from these previous people. Yeah. And the more I thought about it, um, because I just like, I don't know, something about it wasn't clicking for me to begin yep. with and that's why you know i said i was like we need to noodle on this because it, something yes. about it just like wasn't i don't know clicking for me mm-hmm. but one of the things that i thought of in between now then and now was that if we're having these previous generations of magical girls or even if there was only one previous team or whatever yep. trying to pull powers from them or memories or skills or something puts a lot of work on mm. the GM or right. potentially puts a lot of work on us in having to define all of those in the book for a GM to pull from. Well, that's the thing It's in, in Lubin, mm-hmm. everything's supposed to be quick. Right. Everything's supposed to be speedy. Mm-hmm. So like the thought of, I got to zero HP. So now here's a five minute scene with this soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as dramatic as it could be, that pulls everything to a halt. Um, my thought would be it gives you like some sort of, I, I don't know, token of some sort that you can utilize later somehow. I want to talk about this mechanically. Um, yeah. Because in rereading both Lumen and Nova, yeah. Um, Using your supernova ability doesn't impact anything. Like, it's not like, oh, now I have this long-term thing I have to do. It's just like, 
you got to zero health and now you do this cool thing. Right. It's basically like a reward for putting yourself out there. Yes. In Nova specifically. Right. Right. Um, um, and in, in Lumen, it doesn't have anything right. about that. I need to read Light um, because I imagine that Light probably does have something because it's based on Destiny. And in Destiny, you do have a super. Yes. So I there, need to read Light. I don't is, have that uh, one. In, in the SRD for Illuminated by Lumen. They do say death should have a consequence. Um, and they point out like examples of what could be affected. Like your your stats might be lowered for the next roll or two, or mm -hmm. uh you might you might have a negative condition or something because of it, or you know, what have you. Right, but all of that is in combat. Right. And once the combat's over. So, I mean, we, and we can certainly talk about, like, it should have a narrative effect or yep. it does. But, like, we were kind of going off this, like, it has a long-term mechanical impact on you. Right. And it and, doesn't? And maybe it doesn't, right? Because and, I think that, like, we get to that point then where you are stopping to have that five-minute right. scene because we don't like when there's a mechanical impact that isn't tied to narrative. I know, right? Um, I also, I'm struggling with the mundane part of this because we don't have any mechanics for that. And we Aside don't. Aside from the stats. But yeah. Yeah, but the stats are mostly related to your combat no. skills. Uh, because like all the stats in Lumen, there's the three basic mm -hmm. stats, no matter what you call them. One's, mm -hmm. one's quick stuff. One is practiced and, and patient stuff, and one is uh, powerful and destructive stuff, effectively. So if you are not even social stuff, they give examples for it. It gives examples for things like, um, I want to hack into the mainframe quickly. Well, mm -hmm. I'm going to use my swift action for that. I'm going to use the thing that makes me do things fast. And now I'm going to pick up those three dice that I have three points in for this swift action, be passion in our case, and roll those and see what the successes and consequences roll, pan out to mm -hmm. be, right? Um, whereas if you are saying, well, I want to hack this mainframe, but I want to do it with enough time. I'm in a safe place. I have enough time. I'm going to sit and think about how to do it. Well, now I'm using the patience sort of thing. The, the, in our case, it would be love. I'm using love, the love of, uh, you know, hacking and, and whatnot. I'm patiently doing this task. Right. right? Um, that can be, apply to pretty much everything. If you're in an argument with somebody and you want to, I guess, sway them in a certain I guess, direction. So here, like... I understand that. I understand that we have the stats. Yeah, yeah. Um, the skills are right now like combat related. Their power. Um, the powers are combat related. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, powers. Do we want mm -hmm. anything to affect the mundane? Is what you're asking? I'm just like I. I don't. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to like articulate this yeah yeah so like when we were talking about those supernova abilities for you know lack of a better term right now yeah um 
we were very much discussing them as having these long-term effects that are going to impact that mundane stuff. Right. And I feel like we don't have a handle at all on what the game looks like in the mundane. Correct. And I don't know that we can kind of design those abilities until we like understand what you're doing in the mundane. Yes and no. We can well, because say, I don't think we can say, like, here's what the impact is going to be right. if we don't even know what no, you're no, doing. No, 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 no. We can't, we can't codify the impact, but we can say we think there should be an impact of some sort, whether it's small or huge. And we can say, like, huge. mechanically what happens on the battlefield. That's fine. Right. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Just, um, but again, it goes back to that, like, we want mechanics to relate to narrative. Yes. And I don't know that we've entirely figured out, like, what are you even doing in the mundane? Right. And what, on top of that, what impact does the mundane have on the yes. combat? Either? Yeah, because there's no... Like, there's we've talked no... about, like, having consequences from combat that go back to the mundane, but right. we haven't talked about, like, how does stuff over here have anything to do with that? Yeah. I do have uh, some noodling ideas that I threw onto our Discord channel regarding that. Okay. Uh, do you want me to bring that up so we can... Yeah. Uh, talk about that here. So one of the things I asked was, okay, about relationship mechanics, right? Um, it feels like our mundane lives mm -hmm. should revolve around relationships of some sort, right? Okay. Like building and, and maintaining relationships, right? Because mm -hmm. that's, that's huge in the magical girl genre. Relationships go up and down all the time. It affects them in combat all the time like mm -hmm. i'm mad at you because of what you did now we're kind of at odds a little bit in combat even though we're still fighting the force and maybe that will be to our detriment for a little bit until we get over it ourselves in combat and go from there right mm -hmm. so there's like that that sort of stuff so i i i said and this was just a a flash idea was uh, perhaps even a relationship resource that you could build up during play and possibly burn to gain personal advantage. Um, a few games use strings for something like this. Yeah, um, I'm trying to... Why do I not have a book for this? I could have sworn I had the book somewhere. Um, the way Urban Shadows uses webs. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's a good example. Um, but I can't seem to find the book for that. Yeah, I don't know if... I've played the game. I don't know why though. <laughs> I only have like my like session zero notes. I don't think I have that book yet. But yeah, I, I have heard about that mechanic in Urban Shadows that might be um a good Yes, I think because I do think that that is an important part of mm -hmm. the magical girl genre is yes. that like you have these close relationships these webs of people mm -hmm. um really in any kind of like group thing that you have mm -hmm. um i appreciate the idea of like possibly wanting them to be quantifiable and potentially like a fluctuating resource right? yes fluctuating i was like yep. liquid i don't yep. what's the word <laughs> juicy no um, <laughs> so yes i think that is a thing that we can add to our to-do list of research stuff. Mm -hmm. um, 
is kind of how to do those bonds. I think PBTA is something that does those pretty well, um, you know, like with the, the questions and stuff, trying to make them able to fluctuate yes. is a little different. But I want to – something in my brain – I've only played Urban Shadows a couple times, mm-hmm. so I didn't get to do it a lot. But there's something like with the webs in there that I kind of want to noodle with and uh, take a look at yeah. and see. If that gets me where I want to go. Yeah, I think that's a good idea um, because I I do like the thought of like, because you're big on betrayal. I am. And and even if it's like you have to do a, at least a little betrayal in order to burn this relationship point to get this bonus during combat or whatever, that 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 feels kind of cool. There is. People can't see me being like, whoo, light bulb. Um, Put a little sound effect in there. Uh. Light bulb. (laughs) In Nova, Mm -hmm. there was one supernova thing that stood out to me. Mm. There was something about, like, you do your, like, big ability or something, and, like, you're not dead but you still like you can't do anything else until you've been revived yes yeah that that is in nova um okay you have you are you do your ability and Mm -hmm. then unless your ability states otherwise um you are dormant until somebody else that's right so it was like it wasn't a specific power it was just about okay yes that's where it was so then you need somebody to help you out uh, in order to get revived, right? And that is where you're going to burn that relationship. Oh, you have to burn a relationship to bring the back? Interesting. Okay. Or like you have to, like, because, no, like I think getting revived yeah. burns a relationship. Like I have to spend one. You have to spend a relationship. So you have to use the mundane time to build up your relationships right. so you can come back. Uh, because, because they had to stop fighting their thing to like yeah. come help their downed teammate. Like you Yeah. Like and you know, you think about like most video games, um, which is obviously like a lot of the mm-hmm. uh emphasis and like a lot of the the background for Illuminated by Lumen. Um, but you think about like video games, when you're playing a two-player game and you revive somebody, like you're open to damage. Yeah. You know, like people can be shooting at you and you're like risking your own life to do that. Yes. So I think like you, you know, I have to spend it, it some relationship action. to get you to do that. Right. I, I do like because that thought. it stops you from what you're doing. Okay. Okay. I'm into this. Okay. Um, and I do because it takes an action on yeah. another character's turn to revive you. So that's an action not attacking the enemy. Right. And. I don't know if it's clear in Nova or the SRD what happens if everybody drops to zero before anybody can get revived. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's something we need to worry about right now because um, it's not a game over, right? A TPK in this game is not game over, man. Game over. No, it's, it's a power fantasy. Right. Um, I think it's like, I think it's probably un, like pretty unlikely. Right. And then there's um, the thought of, well, what what do you do? Oh, what do you do when you don't have relationship to spend? Um, mm-hmm. what what if that triggers a special like 
like bonding moment of some sort with the team to restore a, a few relationship or something. Cause I, I might be in the weeds here, but like, I think that happens when you spend your last relationship. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like once you run out of relationship, something special happens. We don't have to define it now, but I think it would be cool that if you run out of relationship with your teammates, Mm -hmm. then there's like a consequence or uh, something gets triggered. We could put a pin in that and define it later once we get the rest of the systems around. But I think it would be, um, I think, I think it has potential to be really cool. And especially if it's negative, right? Like, cause then you're, you're counting down, like you're taking away you, those relationships become extremely important to build up. Right. Mm-hmm. So we ha- so once we figure out how that works, that makes the mundane extremely important. Okay. So the questions to answer there then are like, what happens when you're out of relationship? And then linked to that, what do you have to do yeah. in the mundane to be able to build that back up? Yeah. Um, like, what kind of consequence? Yeah. What, what kind of consequence? Um, Cause, cause maybe it, maybe it, it turns into like a debt or something, right. That you, now you need to clear a debt somehow, uh, mm. or, or whatever. Um, I think that's kind of big in urban shadows as well is having those sorts of debts, right? Yeah. So that might be something to, to think about. Yeah. Um, did you have another bullet point? In I here? do. I do. Yes. I've got quite a few more bullet points in here. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my relationship thought, right? Mm-hmm. Um, other things I was thinking about, um, we should look at possibly night witches for, uh, having a mission mundane cadence. Okay. Uh, cause that's a very specific, uh, like that, that's one of the things that that game is known for. Uh, night witches takes place at think it's world war two it could be world war one you yeah. play as female uh russian fighter pilots mm-hmm. and uh so you're dealing with all the sexism and and all that stuff at base and then you take whatever baggage you have to the combat uh missions i don't okay. know exactly how the game plays 100 but it's pbta so it's it's all narrative focused right Yes. Um, and there might be some good stuff to pull out of that, uh, at the very least, inspiration-wise, to figure out how this whole, like, back-and-forth cadence will happen and how one might affect the other. Yes. So, I think that'd be good. Um, okay. Um, and then, let's see, what did I say here? Um your other points, it looks like, are mostly about, like, naming things. Naming things, yeah, like, uh, well, one thing I was thinking of is if we're getting this surge of power, right, uh, the supernova ability upon death, mm-hmm. um, and we're pulling from past souls, right? Yeah. Um, and it and it doesn't matter that you're pulling memories and junk from them. It, it We can abstract all of that. Um, in Nova, you get one of these supernova abilities depending on your class, 
right? right. Depending on your spark. Um, I think it would be really interesting to be able to choose between at least two, maybe three tops uh, supernova type abilities when you hit that level. So you have a little bit of extra um, strategy. When you hit what level? Sorry. Like when you hit the death, when you hit zero HP. Like That's now, too much. You think so? <laughs> I think so. Because I think part of why Nova and Lumen work is yeah. because of this kind of puzzle piece. Yeah. Because of this kind of puzzle piece mechanic and the way that different abilities interlock and in, you know interact with each other. And I think if you start giving people like three different supernova abilities to pick, mm-hmm. that's a lot more things to try and coordinate and match up. It's a lot of different combinations of things. It's hard to balance too. And I just think it's like, I just think that that's more than a player needs. Okay. I just think that like. Keep it simple. You already have different powers to choose from. You don't need different super extra powers to choose from. Mm-hmm. Like this is your ultimate move. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. And I think in the SRD specifically, um, he mentions three to five base powers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, no more, no less than three, right? No more than five, no less than three. Just yes. because you don't want to have too few options. You don't want to have too many options. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, if we're sticking with four abilities, base abilities, mm-hmm. um, and one Nova ability, supernova ability, uh, yeah. quote unquote, uh, that should be fine. And we can see how that plays, right? Yeah, like one of the things that it talks about in character creation um, is, you know, the option to have a a prepackaged selection per class. Mm-hmm. Or you have the option, if you wanted to, to do the a la carte and just say, like, here you get this many powers, you get this many, you know, like, pick. Oh. I hate that. Yeah. Because um, it also says here, clearly, like, this method is definitely more involved, a more involved character creation it process, is. but it allows players to, you know, craft like, what I want, they want to be. one power from this uh, right. class one power from this class and um that method is much harder from a game design standpoint yeah. again for that same reason that having three supernova abilities yeah. is difficult is that you need to make sure that they interlock yeah they have to make sense together right they have to make sense together and mm-hmm. you don't want a character build where like i've picked three powers but like two of them don't really work well with each other so mm. like i Every time we go into combat, I have to pick this one or this one. Mm-hmm. You know, right? So I think that makes sense. Doing um, a prepackaged kind of playbook style yeah. thing is going to be better. I think that's. I I wasn't thinking at all about a la carte. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think that's probably a good course of action. Uh, that feels too much. Yeah. Um, so I think. Okay. I, because then we could really I also refine. think, like, especially if we're already doing the whole, like, relationship spends yep. to get revived, I think it it starts to, like, bog down combat if you have, like, different supernova abilities. And then someone has to come revive you. And then you have to spend a relationship to do that. Like, that's... Yeah. It stops being snappy at it some does. point. It does. No, I get that. 
Um, I th- I think yeah. Let's uh let's keep it as simple as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and go from there. Um, one of the things I had it's just in my brain. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna throw it out there. Um, we can put a pin in it. Uh, one of the supernova abilities I think would be really cool would be bringing back the dead magical girls like a magical girl team for like a round or two to fight on your side and basically what that would look like is every player gets an extra character for a round or two or whatever right and Mm -hmm. then they go back to the ether of the spirit world or whatever have you whatever Mm -hmm. that looks like but like basically calling upon this group to come in do a little bit of damage control and then come out of the battle. Why a whole group? Because they would be fun. And then and then it's just every person on the team gets an extra action for the next round, basically. Right? That feels very OP to me. You think so? And I think it's... We could balance it. It doesn't have to be a whole group. I think there could definitely be a class that can call on yeah. a magical girl. Maybe two. Mm-hmm. I think giving everybody on the team one um, is too much. And it it makes, like, from a sort of selfish player standpoint, yeah. it's like, but it's my cool ability. And now That's everyone's true. getting to do my cool thing. That makes sense. Okay. So we could do, you summon one, and maybe there's a mod that doubles it mm-hmm. or something, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then that would be, I think that'd be really fun because you're down and out until someone revives you. This gives you something to stay in combat while you're waiting for whomever to burn a relationship with you. That's true. Um, I was going to say, like, what if that ability means you don't necessarily have to burn a relationship just because you would have someone sort of like defending you at that point. Like you're not as in, as in, you are not in as much danger. Right. However, I don't necessarily like the idea of having a class that can get revived without having to burn a relationship. Right. That feels like it takes away from the story. There might, I mean, there's all sorts of things we can do with these like supernova abilities, right? Yeah. Um, I do like that as an idea though, of like yeah. being able to bring back one. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I think that'd be really cool. Um, uh, and and it could be we can make it quick enough to not hinder things. Um, mm-hmm. it should be fine. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, yeah. my other bullet points are what do we call these arch- archetypes? Uh, they're called sparks in Nova. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do we call the supernova ability that we keep calling a supernova ability because. I can't think of a because better word. Because that's the reference that we have. I know. Yeah. Um, I don't know that we have enough here yet to make that decision. Make that it's decision. It's a thing that we'll have to think of um, mm-hmm. because, you know, so it's like the sparks are sort of like a, a mech thing that you get into. You've got a pilot and you've got yes. your spark. Um, and that's not the case here. Mm-hmm. You are like it's a transformed version of yourself. Right. So, you know, like in my head, I was like, mage is a good word, but like, that doesn't feel like a thing that you just like become. Right. Um, 
I was trying to think like, um, what sort of, how can we tie the word soul into it somehow or, or something like that. But that, that feels like it might be too generic. Um, we should think of some like sort of evocative words and then see how we can. Yeah. You know, cause spark is like snappy. It is. It is. And it's evocative and, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's thematic to the, the uh the whole game based around these like shards of sun Mm -hmm. um and the nice thing with names with naming things is is, like it's very easy to just to change change it later you know it's like with that righteousness Mm -hmm. thing or relics or you know like those are easy to just reskin i would love to have something to call it as we're doing it other than supernova Mm -hmm. or you know um yeah so yeah which actually might relate to another you know, the thing that I, I put in our chat today. Um, oh, yeah. Like, over the course of our show, I think we've become very familiar with the sort of magical girl trope. Uh-huh. Um, because I think it has a really solid format. Like, we we know what being a magical girl means. You know, it means that, like, you are, like... A, guardian of something you are fighting evil you transform from normal to magical right Mm -hmm. like that's like the themes and like the aesthetics of that change but like that's yeah what being a magical girl is you fight evil you stop the end of the world right effectively yep um and discover yourself along the way right necromancy has so many different interpretations yeah. and ways that it works. And like, you know, there's no consistent agreed upon sort of like formula. Like right. magical girl is a genre, right? Mm-hmm. Like necromancy is a a vague concept right. of like dead not being dead anymore. Mm-hmm. Um how you raise those dead, why you raise those dead, like who can raise the dead, yep. what being dead looks like. Like it's so different. Yep. Um, I have been trying to kind of come up with a couple like pieces of media and reference points that we can kind of mm-hmm. latch on to and that I can like hand you and say, read up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> learn about my thing, Ryan. <laughs> uh, and I wanted something that wasn't specifically blood magic. As yeah. much as I love blood magic, I don't think it's what it doesn't follow Magical Girl super well. Um, no, not exactly. And, but it, not to say we can't have a blood magic variety of right for sure. Archetype. Yeah. For sure. I just don't, like, think that that's the direction of necromancy that I'm going, and I don't think it, like, blends as well. So my point being, there are a couple things that might work better. Mm -hmm. Um, A couple versions of necromancy. Yeah. Um, One that I just kind of looked into today, so I'm sure someone will correct me and tell me I'm wrong because I'm not super up on the source material, and it was just a suggestion of a friend. Mm Um, in Diablo, there are the priests of Rathma. Okay. Who are necromancers. Um, particularly, where's the, where's the tidbit that I 
wanted to read to you. Um, Although their art is considered dark and people outside of the world shun the priests who practice these arts, these mysterious cultists never never suffered the epidemic of corruption that plagued the ancient mage clans. Mm -hmm. Pragmatists, in the truest sense, they are above temptation. They see death merely as a natural part of life, and they do not seek to deny its arrival. Their singular knowledge of the unknown allows them to face death without fear. Mm. These ideals... Coupled with an understanding of the natural balance between order and chaos, explain why they have not fallen prey to the influences of evil. Mm-hmm. Um, which kind of gets at what I'm trying to say about it not being blood magic is that I don't know that like straight up corruption is the way to go here. Right. I I'm cool with the themes of like raising the dead and playing with um, how how solid the concept of death is. Right. But I, I don't know that I want it to be like, you're evil, you're corrupted, you're, you know. Right. I want it to be about like playing with the finality of death. Yes. More I, than about being corrupted and evil. Being because I don't equals evil, right? We don't right. want that. I agree. Right. I don't, I don't think um, going that route is what we want. Because we want right. it to be a celebration of necromancy and a celebration of magical girls. Right. I mean, and, and that's not to say I don't love me some corruption. But right. I don't think that that's what you're looking for in a game. And I don't think that right. that's what this marriage needs. And it's not so. to say that there can't be some level of corruption. Maybe, right, because I definitely maybe. like that as a possibility of like you... You know, like we could talk about like if that relationship stat gets to zero or something oh, like that. It, you about start like going in con- the negative direction, maybe. Like Right. It- well, because you don't necessarily believe in the undying bonds of love and friendship. I know. Because you've ruined your friendships. I can I can I can see the the relationship scale going negative and that negative being corruption. Right. Um, and if you burn if if somebody keeps helping you out and you keep burning their relationship and then now you're suddenly like i can help you out but it's gonna start costing you and your relationship with me mm-hmm. while we have no other choice right right burn that relationship and now i'm gaining corruption as i'm getting right. revived and that, that yeah i mean because I, I like i'm cool with the idea of corruption i just don't want that to be thematically like okay you know, but I do like, I mean, like if you are playing with the concept of death and power and things like that, I think having the potential to be corrupted by that is cool. Right. Um, Because I think it's narratively interesting. Exactly. So. Um, so we can figure out what that means later. Right. But like I how think that would work mechanically. Yeah. I um, think that's a, a good idea to put a pin in yeah. and see kind of what that can develop into. Absolutely. Right. Um, So, yeah, thematically, I like, I think. That particular bit, like the Priest of Rathma is an interesting yeah. one where it's like they're not corrupted. They just have an innate understanding of this relationship. Uh, the other bit of source material that I was interested in telling you about is a book series by Garth Nix. Okay. Um, the first one is called Sabriel. It's one of my favorite books, and it is the first time I remember being like, Ooh, necromancy is cool. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in that. 
But the books center around this character, Sabriel. Um, and her dad formally is the Aporson. Um, and his job is to make sure dead things stay dead. He is okay. the opposite of a necromancer. He can walk into death. He deals with death. He can, like, go through. There's, like, these mm. gates um, and, like, these spirits. And his job is to make sure that they don't enter the mortal realm. Okay. That's cool. And I thought that that might be something that you are interested in because yes. it is a form of necromancy and dealing with the dead and being able to control the dead, mm -hmm. but using that in a way that isn't raising the dead. This feels like a good archetype. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I thought that was like a, a cool, like an interesting thing that you might, mm -hmm. um, Depending on what we decide, sort of like the evil of this world is, if right. it's potentially, you know, like the the gates of death have opened mm -hmm. and it's spilling out, um, that might be kind of cool. Right. So um, it is a YA novel. It okay. has an audible version that is read by Tim Curry. It's oh. very good. Um, but it's one of my favorite books. My copy is very beaten up. Mm -hmm. I love it very much. Very cool. Um, and also, like it, it stars this like teenage girl who's like, uh, like kind of thrown into this when her dad disappears. So right. That okay. Cool that too. makes sense. Um. Oh, and there's a talking cat. So I do like that. Yeah. Uh, um. <laughs> it's it's a practically a magical I'm girl. Saying story. all the right words here. I know. Uh, it is a series. I I don't remember a ton about the other couple books, but they're good. Um, the other thing is, have you read the Locked Tomb books like no. Gideon the Ninth? And, the, okay. the Ninth books? No, 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 no. I've, yeah. he I've heard a lot about them. I've been trying mm -hmm. to avoid spoilers uh, too much. I know they're about necromancy a bit, um, if not completely. I don't know. And um, yeah. I, I hear they're really good and queer. They are very good and queer. Um, again, fantastic audiobooks, too, uh -huh. if you're interested in going that route. Hmm. Um. But I linked to the wiki for that in our chat. Okay. Just like I linked to the necromancy section. Yeah. Um, that talks about how necromancy works in that world. Okay. Um, and you know, like, because there is bone magic, there's blood magic, there's yeah other stuff. Um, bone I should magic, actually link flesh magic, spirit magic. Yeah, I should link to the other one. Um, there's I another another page too about the different houses because yeah. like the blank the ninth is because they're part of the ninth house each house does necromancy a little bit differently mm -hmm. and i think like possibly pulling from some of those yeah bits might give us some class ideas too i th i i love the thought of every if, if not almost every class being a different flavor of necromancy yeah um, because that sounds, uh, that sounds amazing. Right. Um. And then, like, having those, like, bonds of friendship yeah. and, you know, like, fighting to save yeah. the world kind of as, like, the magical girl part so you, of it. And that combination say, of the mundane. And, right. Yeah. Did you say bone magic? My, my brain instantly went to Campaign Skyjacks with Captain Ormar Vale, who is able <laughs> to turn his forearm into a bone sword. Like, yeah, that's that's cool. 
Yeah. I want to be able to do that in this game. Right. <laughs> yeah. I want to be able to turn my arms into a sword and shield and just go at it. Yeah. And like the in the ninth books, there's Thalergy, which is like a life energy um, that most things have and is, you know, based on growth and things mm-hmm. like that. And then there's also Thanergy, which is a death energy. Okay. Um, you know, which is like radiation and dying planets and, you know, because oh, it's kind of like a space fantasy thing. Um, so that's kind of a cool mm-hmm. dichotomy to play with, too. I don't okay. know how, how we would, but it's an interesting concept. Yeah. I don't know where I mean, it we, fits. I think we've got a decent chunk of uh, source material for the abilities now. Yes. For the different types. Of, and, and they feel distinct enough that we could easily get six, if not more. Um, we could we could choose like the six most different from each other and interesting. Yeah. And if we're like, well, what about these other two that I really want as well? Well, maybe we can just do eight then. Or it, yeah, or we can like once we have a base game, we can yeah do the bonus. extras right yeah. Um, and, and who, who's to say that there can't be like an expansion of like, Hey, six new classes have right. fun. Right. Um, the last little media bit that yeah. I want to throw out is one that I, I thought of like, as we were talking uh, and a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. um, there's another book series. Um, it is, I think right now it's like called like the Alex Stern something. Um, mm-hmm. but it. The first one is The Ninth House. The second book is called Hellbent. Okay. Um, But one of the things that it kind of revolves around is this, like, secret society that's job is to watch over all the other secret societies. Okay. But they have this library of relics. Yeah. That basically are, like, from all over the world, all of these, like, magical items that do different things. There's, like, brass knuckles that are, like, have... Uh, Samson's hair in mm-hmm. them. So, like, they give you, like, tons of strength. And, you know, like, it's it's just all kinds of stuff in there. Um, and so, like, when I'm talking about relics and you were talking about, like, crystals as power mods or something yeah. like that, um, we could consider, like, doing something like that, sort of like these artifact kind of things right. that then give you a power based on what that relic is. Or give I like you like that. a boost somehow. Now in Nova, and I think possibly in I, th- I think specifically Nova is what I'm thinking of right now. Mm-hmm. You get an you there's no leveling up experience mechanics. Mm-hmm. It's you do a mission. Once the mission's done, you get a mod. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the thought uh, because like every Every magical girl show that I've seen is like very monster of the week, right? right? The episode revolves around like, oh, I've got this issue. Oh, the monster of the week revolves around this issue. Oh, we defeated the monster, right? right. Missions in, in this game can probably come in any number of forms and they, they, they handle the structure very well. They, you could randomize them and stuff in Nova. And I think that might be a good, fun way to tackle doing it in this mm-hmm. game. But it feels like uh, defeating the boss of the mission mm-hmm. should give those relics. 
like your mission's done when the final stuff is taken care of. Like what, well, you know, I put boss in quotes. If yeah. your mission's a heist, maybe there's no fighting per se. Um, or if there is, maybe you're not fighting against boss like things, yeah. but maybe you're heisting some relics. Maybe, uh, maybe when you, you defeat this big bad, well, here's some relics that we can use. And they just happen to be these. Yeah. I like the idea specifically, like, like I would be okay with them coming from missions or something like that. I just like the idea of it being a group pool. Yeah. So that, like, it's not like, I gained these three relics. Mm-hmm. These are mine now. I, I like the idea of having a group pool of them yes. where we have to kind of, as a group, say, like, I want this one because it's going to interact with my powers in this way. And I yep. think it'll help on this mission. Yeah. And and I agree. And I, I love the way that uh, in Nova, it's like, I got plus one range. I got plus one, you know, uh, yeah. sun or moon or whatever, right? Right. Like, um, this one does this stat or, yeah. you know, like... Let's you, you know, like in this case, mm-hmm. when you get like a really, really good one, it could be one that lets you do your supernova ability without spending relationship or something yes, like that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, yeah, we can have all of them be interchangeable, but mm-hmm. some some relics only make sense with your certain classes because some relics are going to be like modify this one exact ability that only this one class has. Um which is what Why? which is what Nova does. Um Why? like well cuz it it makes it feel special, right? You've got the generic stuff and then you've got this um this relic that says, "Oh, these these specific ones are specifically for these specific archetypes." Then you have to create more specific relics for people to choose from though. Then you you start adding bloat because you need to have relics that are specific to right certain classes and you want to have enough of them that like if you go on more than one mission you can get something different well, and that, that's kind of i mean it's the way nova works i know first of all right is uh there's as, that many different things to pick up yeah because every single spark has a list of here's 16 different relics for that are uh, passive and here's 16 active ones or something like that. Oh, yeah, your mods, your persistent mods and your power mods. Yeah, persistent and power mods. Um, so that that's how they, they work that out. And then it's like, well, I mean, if 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 this class gets a ranged mod, what uh, a ranged uh, relic, why can't I exchange that to another character to give them a ranged thing, right? So, like, the majority of them are, like, plus one sun, plus one moon, plus one shade, plus one fuel, plus yeah. one health, plus one health. Yeah. And, like, they call them different things per class, but they're all the same. Do they call them different things per class? Yeah. So, like, uh, in for the Sanguine, it's Fury, Cyclical, Cool, Wellspring, Hardy. Hmm. Oh, no, they don't. They're not called different things. I just was looking at the wrong spot. And then, like, the persistent mods. Yeah, so, like, Hardy are, is always plus like, one health, right? Right, cool yeah, so then, like, they have different... Uh, they have different combinations of what they can get, ultimately. 
Yeah. Like donor refreshing, honed blood, warpath. And then this one has white hot fissure, rift tear. Yeah. And I think they do that for balance a little bit. Right. Right. It feels very video gamey. Yeah. My thing is that like you, you pick those like before you go out on a mission. Mm -hmm. Those are not like gained loot. Right. So like if you're saying you defeat this big bad and then you get these mods. Well, you can't use them until you get back to town and in a tune or whatever, right? But like so I'm thinking like your first mission. Right. Like obviously you can't swap anything out. No. My idea is just that like rather than necessarily having like these you know, like you have ones that only you can use or that like having so I, a little bit more of a group. I I selection. Th- why no lost us. I mean, uh, we could. I'm like, just also trying to like limit. Yeah. Like we don't have to I'm have, trying to limit you <laughs> right. a little bit. Well, I'm saying we don't yeah. have to have as many like here is what do they have? Like one six plus they've got ten persistent, ten power mods, uh, right off the bat. Like if we did uh, Right, but now only four of each are class specific. Right. Right, exactly. So I'm wondering, like, do we do we say here is the ones we recommend for your class? But like those, the fury, the cyclical, the cool, the hardy, that sort of stuff. But you can trade them. Like, who's to say you can't be like... But like every class has fury, cyclical, cool, wellspring, hardy. No, not exactly. Um, They do. Because like this this one here, what is this? The drifter? They've (laughs) got leak. uh, Minus one fuel. And then other classes like the... uh, the sanguine uh, doesn't have the option for leak for one. No, of that's mods. what I'm saying. So like, like if you're looking at just persistent mods, there's yeah. 12 or there's 10 of them, right? Okay. Yep. Six of them are the same every time. Not between the classes. And then there's four that are different. Unless you're saying like hardy is one, cool is another, wellspring's another. Yeah. Cyclical fury leak. So, like, I'm looking at this. Yeah. Which you okay. can't totally see. Like, there's six. Yep. And then there's the other four that have more text. Yep. These six are the same no matter what class you are. They are not. Uh, take a look at the uh, the drifter. Um, Fury, cyclical, cool. Oh, like, leak. Okay. Leak, leak, hardy. Uh, some of them have two Very hardies. Cool. Cyclical, wellspring, hardy, builder. Um, and then, yeah, Grim's got a builder on there. Okay. Uh, so they're all different. Um, one of the things... I think my thing is like, okay, I think we can have a pile of relics that represent that first column. Yeah. And then we can have a pile of relics that are like, you know, these are this yeah. class's relics, these are this class's relics. But like, I think we can have a pile of like, we have three different relics that all are just plus one. Yeah. Whatever. Right. Right. For me, uh, part of the cool thing about the relics is yeah. like sort of like the aesthetic part of it too mm-hmm. of like today I have a crown tomorrow I have a gauntlet okay okay what what if then the like they can do you know it's like the helmet and the yeah ca- like they could be the same thing like that's fine right you so know, it's like so like, can be defensive but like right so like okay so we got this cool crown relic right mm-hmm. and um because now we're getting into fashion, and I know that's your thing, right? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so we got this cruel crown law. Like, what if, like, uh, just for the sake of using words that are on Noah's page, right? Uh, for one class, it does it, it's fury. Mm-hmm. Uh, for another, it's cyclical, or like, or you choose That's which too one hard to keep track of. I think it's like if I grab the crown, mm-hmm. it's sun. If you grab the crown, it's sun. Right. And like we can have like four relics available that are sun because like and it's like every class has this plus one sun plus one mood plus one right so so then my question is uh like one of the things i want to pay attention to when we play test something like that is balance because if you've got four plus one ranges and you put that on uh, an ability that says kill all foes when you die uh, that are within close range of you well well, you wouldn't be able to take more than one of the same power. But I mean, there's something to say, like the drifter in Nova has two plus one range. Okay, but we're not playing Nova. <laughs> right. But I'm saying we could have that range class that it would make sense to have two plus one range. So then we say you can't take more than two of the same. You know, like that's, that could be. That could be. I can see I, that. I working. feel like that's easily solvable. But okay. I would just like to have, it, you it know, will, like have some relics yes. that are like, today I want to wear a crown, tomorrow I want to wear a cape. Yes. Okay. Okay. And I'd like so, to be able to just like for funsies write a little blurb about like where did we get this yep. crown when uh, I write the book. I love this. Okay. Uh, incorporating fashion into mm-hmm. the the relic system mm-hmm. is perfect. That's why relics are more interesting than crystals because uh-huh. crystals just have color. I know. They still can be crystals, but <laughs> no, you're just coordinating. Um, okay. So I, I love the fashion system with relics. It will require balancing. I think. Um, I don't, play- yeah, I don't think that's hard. I think that like we can have a pile of like these are generic relics. Yeah, I. I you can't I, take more than two. You're talking to a min maxer here. Specific relics. Yeah, you're talking to a min maxer here. I can break the game much easier with a pile of like gimme gimme relics, but we can tweak it and and figure things out. I'm I. But like you could do that with persistent mods too. Right. But at least it's built in in such a way that, like, these are the only sp- ones you like, get. What's wrong with min-maxing? Why can't you let people min-max if that's what they want to do? I'm not saying we don't. I'm just saying, let's figure it out. And if if it turns into, like, a, I can't wear two crowns at once, so obviously I get one crown, you get it the other one, right? Um, do we have equipment slots? Maybe we do. Maybe I can mm-hmm. wear a crown, a cape, some pauldrons, bracers, right. uh, boots. But like and, I said, like there's nothing that says like the crown and the cape can't do the same thing. Or right, you know, like right, exactly. I just want to be able to write a list of cool relics and a little blurb about where they came from. Yeah, and I want the opportunity to be able to like pick. That them. sounds cool. That sounds cool. Especially I like, it. like if it's things that like we're gaining. Yeah, like as loot or something yep. like. And and if we go with the video game motif of like, you know, things like Diablo and whatnot, a crown can have a random effect on it of, well, this is a plus one sun crown, a plus one love crown, mm-hmm. right? This is a plus one range crown. This is a plus one health crown. Um, yeah, they and, just have different jewels in set or they came from different places yeah, or, yeah. you know, they're different kinds of crowns. This yep. one's a diadem. This um, one's a 
tiara. I don't know. Yeah. So so we could also incorporate this whole um potential random loot thing, but mm-hmm. also I want people to be able to choose um uh, a relic as well, like that does specific somethings, right? Yeah, well that's the point of it being the mod. Yeah. So I think I think we have something there. Um fashion, potentially equipment slots. Um yeah. Video a better game. idea of how the necromancy part works. Better, yeah, I, th- I we've got some really good gems in this episode, uh, no yeah. pun intended. And I think this is probably a really good place to wrap this. Uh, this yeah, I mean, we're episode. at an hour and 20 minutes. So. Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and wrap this up. Um, patrons, uh, let us know what you're thinking uh, about mm-hmm. this in, in our Discord. We've got a channel specifically for this level and above. Uh, it's the uh, the side quest uh, dialogue options channel. Um, I'm gonna rename some of those because it's hard to tell what they're for. I like know. I, just I know I'm a five dollar patron for things. I don't know what that level's called. It's called side. I could talk about it all the time. Well, in ours, I'm yeah. saying, but like other like other Patreon <laughs> things that I'm a part of, like I couldn't tell you what that tier is named. Exactly. Well, I just know I that. Mean, I mean, there's a channel there. We, we'll we'll make it more obvious that that's mm-hmm. the place to talk about this. Uh, but check us out there. Let us know uh, what you think about this because uh, I'm excited for some of these ideas. And like right now, it's just here's some cool ideas. Now we mm-hmm. got to put it to paper eventually. So, yeah. So, a quick like recap next time smart goals. Um, we talked about kind of thematically what we want necromancy to look like. We talked a little bit more about, um, building those relationships and what kind of a Nova super ability would look like. Mm -hmm. Um, We renamed a few things Uh, for next time. Our big things are we want to look at webs and urban shadows. Mm -hmm. We want to look at night witches for that combination of combat and mundane. Yep. We want to maybe think of some names for things for like our not sparks and our supernovas. Yep. Uh, And... I would like you to maybe look up, look at some of the media suggestions that I made. Yes. Yeah. Even if it's just reading Wikipedia articles, so you can kind of see what I'm saying. This would be an excellent opportunity for me to dive into uh, the ninth series of Mm. books because I've been, I've been curious. Yeah. Everybody says good things. Stuff is good. I love me some, uh, some queer uh, magical stuff. So yeah, Uh, I'll have to check that out. All right. Yep. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us, patrons. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Undying Bonds. Uh, we've been your hosts, and we will see you next time. So we came back to this one. Yeah. Being like, hey, most of we what we did that first time, we should fix that. <laughs> like, well, especially because that first one was very much like ideas that you had brainstormed while yes. um 
you were thinking about designing the game. And then I came on and was like, okay, but where's me? Where's (laughs) Where's the the, the Amelia of it all? (laughs) Uh huh. Exactly. Yeah. Cause Um, I, I had originally designed just the bare minimum of a magical girl, like just pure magical girl game in this sort of universe. Yeah. And like the necromantic themes would work perfectly because I was originally going for that original like hardcore magical girl like doing extreme stuff and like that's that could be necromancy you Mm -hmm. know why why not necromancy why not necromancy no and then like I came on and I was like cool but I want it to just not be goth magical girls you know exactly like I don't want it to just be like aesthetic I want it to be yeah um and you know, if people do continue to listen to the series, um, they'll see kind of how that grows and how the the two things mm-hmm. mesh over time. Um, but you can definitely tell that we we had that first session. We were like kind of like feeling out where things are, where our interests were. And then in this one, we came back and we're like, here's some more solid things that I want. Mm-hmm. And And I think we made a pretty big jump in progress from one to two honestly we've Mm -hmm. come so far since then but that like initial kind of throwing out here's what i'm thinking to like okay here's what i need (laughs) exactly yeah Yeah. and then from from this episode we get into a lot of really great specifics about the game and and then we eventually start getting into like doing the the designs for the different archetypes started making character types and um Mm -hmm. yeah trying to make something playable uh yeah we're, we're still a bit away from that but yeah, yeah we're getting there life's been a little difficult but um i think once we can get back onto that horse we'll be able to just kind of get some good progress made and and mm-hmm. get to a playable version hopefully sooner rather than later yeah right as- gets really excited about this and is like we're gonna have playtest stuff soon and i'm like slow and steady wins the race i want I to know. make sure that what we have is good we want to do it right. We don't want right. to just do it for the sake of doing right. it. Um, and I'm still looking at all of the things that need to be figured out. And Ryan is yeah. like, but game. And I'm like, but playable game. Play, <laughs> playable game. Yep. Playable. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So you'll you'll hear Amelia pull me back from the edge constantly, yeah, my, uh, which I appreciate. When we when we publish this game, my title in the book will be Official No-Sayer. Yep. Like, <laughs> the naysayer. Executive producer and naysayer. Yep. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's an important Official role. Official Ryan uh, Wrangler. <laughs> Ryan Wrangler, yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It Ryan Tamer, because it rhymes with Lion Tamer. Yep. Oh, there you go. Ryan Tamer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before we let you go for the day, we do have some calls to action. Ongoing Patreon Drive edition. Woo-hoo. Uh, we announced we announced last week that we reached our initial goal of $100, which means that all of our patrons at $5 and up will be receiving a set of three character creation cast D6s. Uh, we are now working toward our next goal of $150. If we reach that we will be sending out three exclusive stickers to all patrons. And 
Amelia will run a session of Arium Create, uh, which is her very favorite world building game uh, for any patrons that are interested in joining. Finally, if we reach $200 by the end of the month, we will be sending out exclusive enamel pins for all patrons at $5 and up. And there's not a lot of time left this month. We hope that these incentives can draw you in and we hope that you can actually check these out and enjoy all the cool stuff that we have to offer. Do we've got a lot going for this Patreon drive in addition to all mm-hmm. of like the other great stuff that mm-hmm. you get for just being a patron. Uh, in addition to those goals, we've decided to update our $10 tier to make it a little more enticing. Um, we've added a sticker of the month that we will send out at the end of each month to all patrons at that level and above. Um, in addition to the other benefits like the Zoom calls and undying bonds and chit chat and 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 mm-hmm. and all the other things yep. I can't think of off the top of my head. Um, but if you've been kind of holding off because you're like mm, Zoom call is cool, but it's like not really my thing. Uh, stickers, maybe. Yeah, stickers are nice. Yeah, and they are exclusive. You won't be able to get these anywhere else. True. So. Uh, absolutely. Uh, there are so many perks for joining up on our Patreon. Uh, it really feels like it's a steal. Head on over to patreon.com slash character creation cast and see what sort of things that we have to, to offer. Uh, you can join the ranks of all of our amazing patrons uh, that we like to thank. We had one earlier this last week, uh, and we want to welcome them and thank Dark Mirror for joining us it really means so much that you could join us thank you so much for joining uh, our list of really generous people um well, we are going to thank right now starting with mm-hmm. the lieutenant we can't thank you enough um but you know every single episode we're just gonna keep trying absolutely djg aka tigranosaurus you're the best thank you thank you to eric Bonds. your support brings us so much joy shadim cabal thanks for supporting our dreams Daryl Holiday the second. Thank you so much. Thanks, the shyest barbarian. We are so glad to have you with us. Benjamin Sweeney, you rock. Thank you. Lorcan McGinnis, thank you for your continued support. Rob Fletcher, thanks. Kevin Brown, many thanks to you. Thank you to Tentacle Duck. <laughs> thanks, John Adamus. So glad to have you backing us. Many thanks to A3 Sketchpad. Cole McCallum, you shouldn't have, but we're so glad that you did. Carlos Salazar, you are amazing. Thank you. Thank you to Eric S. We couldn't do this without you. Ross Kingston, you are amazing. Thank you as well. Ian Potmeyer, we can't thank you enough. Uh, Super glad to have you here with us. Many thanks to Grace Bergeron. Thank you to Sorigoth. Liam G., you are wonderful. We're so glad to have you backing us. Thank you. Brian Colm, thanks so much for supporting us. And thank you to Garden GM. Your support brings us so much joy. And thank you to all of our future patrons. Your support really means so much to us and will help us make this show even better uh, the more support that we end up getting. Again, you can join us at patreon.com slash charactercreationcast and find out all the cool stuff we have going on and help us reach that next goal. Absolutely. Uh, another fantastic way to support us is by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Podcast Addict, or Facebook. It's another way to get your name on the show. And right now we're out of reviews. So we would really love to get some more in there. 
Finally, we have been dying to get back to our player advice series character evolution mm-hmm. cast. And it is finally time. The time has come. Mm-hmm. But next week, we'll be releasing a new episode, and that one's going to be specifically aimed at new players or people trying to convince someone to become a new player. We realized mm-hmm. that we actually hadn't ever done a How RPG episode, yeah. so um, you can look forward to that episode and many more to come. We have a couple of really exciting ones lined up. Absolutely. Until then, take care, everybody. Stay safe. Drink some water. Relax your shoulders and keep making those amazing people. We'll see you next time. Character Creation Cast is a production of the One Shot Podcast Network and can be found online at www.charactercreationcast.com. Head to the website to get more information on our hosts, this show, and even our press kit. Character Creation Cast can be found on Twitter at CreationCast or on our Discord server at discord.charactercreationcast.com. I'm one of your hosts, Amelia Antrim, and I can be found on Twitter at Ginger Reckoning or on my other podcast, Garbage of the Five Rings. Our other host, Ryan Bolter, can be found on Twitter at Lord Neptune or online at lordneptune.com. Music for this episode is used with a Creative Commons license or with permission from the podcast it originated from. Further information can be found within the show notes. Our main theme music is Hero Remix by Steve Combs and is used with a Creative Commons license. This podcast is owned by us under Creative Commons. This episode was edited by the absolutely fantastic Ryan Bolter. Further information for the game system used in today's guests can also be found in the show notes. If you'd like to support our show, find us on Patreon. Get access to bonus episodes, extra outtakes, and much, much more at patreon.com slash character creation cast. Thanks for joining us. And remember, we find the best part of any role-playing game is character creation. So go out there and create some amazing people. We'll see you next time. Uh, I gotta stop loving. Okay. <laughs> that was a good joke. Um, I'm hilarious. <laughs> Can't wait for all this to go on the outtake. Uh, welcome, Please welcome make it like a little sound bite. I'm hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so funny. All right. Nailed it. Woo. Hit the stop button Stopping before you try to save button. it. I know, right? Do you love Star Wars but kind of wish you didn't? Then join us on the Expounded Universe podcast as we read through all the old Star Wars novels that took the galaxy far, far away that you know and love and turned it into a place where Han Solo can punch a giant otter and Luke Skywalker almost gets eaten by a giant gold-plated pillar of Dinty Moore beef stew. Did you like Princess Leia? Well, too bad! Now she's a space racist! Don't believe me? You'll just have to listen to find out on Expounded Universe.